Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in the world. We have CEOs of hospitals on the show. We have leaders of health tech. We have leaders of health insurance company, people that are creating next generation ways on how our human bodies are going to look over the next thousand years. But the most important thing is we have passionate people that talk about things that they're doing passions that they're doing in healthcare and their origin stories, which is very fascinating to me. I'm very enthused though to have Laura Chow on the show today. So Laura's doing some really interesting things. She's done some interesting things, has a really interesting approach to consumerization in healthcare. Laura is a principal at Canaan Partners. They're betting on some really interesting spaces. The stuff that they're betting on, you and I are using almost on a daily basis with some of their portfolio companies and have been for a long time. And Anyway, I'm not going to steal her thunder. Uh, Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, well, thank you for making time. And I think the most important thing is tell us a little bit on what made you into the person you are. So your origin story. That's a big question. Um, (laughs) I really have to say that it started before even I was born. And I credit so much of it to my family and my parents. My Mm -hmm. parents actually were refugees from Vietnam. They fled the country and escaped Vietnam two days before Saigon fell. And when they came to America, I think it really, really brought home the incredible gift that they had, the gift of life and the gift of their health. And as a child growing up, that gift was always paramount. And so mm-hmm. health and access to healthcare and being able to take care of that gift that we had was always emphasized. And you compared the access to healthcare and the infrastructure that existed in the U.S. versus what existed in Vietnam, and I think it's leaps and bounds ahead here today. Um, and so, growing up, I, you know, my parents not only emphasized that, but also really wanted me to become a doctor. Uh, so I kind of grew up with a number of, you know, my extended family who were in the U.S. going into the healthcare professions, and so I was surrounded by that to a certain extent. Went to college, assumed that I would go that same path, but. When I got to undergrad, I found myself in Silicon Valley. I went to Stanford undergrad and I realized that there were all of these other ways to have a positive impact on the world in the same way that healthcare can. And so while I was in undergrad, I worked at a number of early stage startups and kind of got that entrepreneurial bug. Um, One of those early companies was Kabam and you know, being a part of that team when it was less than 15 people really showed me how um, how a company can grow and how it can create so much value um, outside of you know a small team. And so after that, I sort of had a circuitous path to venture capital. I did a stint in um, consulting, management consulting, and you know worked with a number of healthcare providers and payers there. And again, kind of was flexing some of that healthcare interest. Uh, but eventually, found my way to Canaan Partners, and. Canaan is an early stage venture capital firm. It's been around for over 31 years. And it's one of the few funds that's both a healthcare and a tech fund. So about 40% of our investments are in healthcare, which is a pure biotech, biopharma. And then 60% is on tech. And I actually sit on our tech team. We have a separate healthcare team, though we're in constant collaboration and um, work very closely together. And I've really benefited from that because it allows us to see this intersection of both healthcare and tech, which we're seeing converge so much today. So mm-hmm. you're businesses that are consumer 
oriented companies that have a healthcare component or a healthcare component or a healthcare company that has some sort of consumer angle. And it's been a really wonderful uh, ride so far. I love it. I love it. And uh, no, so, so awesome background. I mean, not I, awesome probably isn't the right word, but um, just overcoming background, right? And so, you know, obviously, in spite of those beginnings, you know, I'm always loving to hear, you know, these stories of perseverance and, um, you know, where people came from and kind of the, the the mindset that have kind of led them to where they're at today. You know, one interesting thing you mentioned, and so I'd love to talk a little bit more about, about the consumerization in healthcare. Um, you have a really interesting blog post that you did about, you know, sparking joy in, in healthcare that I find, you know, very fascinating, hits upon a lot of different phenomenon that's happening. Um, you're seeing a lot of Canaan partners as well, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about, you know, that intersection of, you know, joy, healthcare, consumerization. What, what in healthcare has your fascination these days? And maybe love to hear about it in terms of maybe some of the investments you guys are doing, the spaces you've invested in, the spaces you're looking to invest in. Just love to, love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I'll first start off by saying that I love using the term spark joy within healthcare. And how do you think about healthcare that sparks joy? Mm -hmm. I, I worked with Marie Kondo early on in helping her think about her business. And so that philosophy and that framework has really been sort of drilled into me. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it's, it's so relevant to healthcare because healthcare is such a messy system, right? It's such a difficult thing to navigate. And if you can figure out a way to make it joyful and have those moments where you actually want to go to the doctor or you actually want to do this diagnostic or you actually want to, you know, think about how to feel better, it can really have a, a life-changing effect, as Marie Kondo would say. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I think it's about the framing of it where if you look at the KonMari method, it's not about just throwing things out, throwing things out in your house or your apartment. It's about thinking about how to highlight and focus on the things that you really want to keep in your apartment. And that means getting rid of some things along the way. And in healthcare, I think it's the same. It's not about necessarily treating the root symptom of something, but it's thinking about holistically, how do you want your life to be? What are, you, are the things that you want to be able to do? And what are the things that you want to be able to achieve when you are healthier? Right? Mm -hmm. and so from an investing perspective, I'm always looking for businesses that will help consumers be able to do those things. So mm -hmm. it might be um, at-home diagnostics or at-home services. So one of the things that we really think about are how do you make consumers the frontline staff of healthcare, right? So how do you empower them to be able to own their own data, to um, understand their own health and healthcare, um, or you know, to be able to speak to their doctors more knowledgeably? So there's a number of companies um, that we're invested in as well as that are just out in the market that are helping to serve that. So you have uh, diagnostic companies like Everly Well, uh, which just raised a round of funding, I believe, or Modern Fertility on the fertility side that are helping you have more data at home, which you can then take to your doctors and say, hey, this is what's happening. This is what I, you know, I have a little bit more data. I understand where I'm at. Can you help me or how do we talk about this together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. No, no, no. This is really great. So really exciting. Obviously, the condo philosophy and, and you know, uh, I think there was, I was reading a phenomenon that, um, you know, uh, the goodwill places are, are getting like stacked up by people's stuff, like, um, because people are watching Marie Kondo and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to declutter. And so 
Um, such a such a phenomenon, and congratulations to the, not just the success with that that you know helping there with that model, but uh, you know the other portfolio companies you guys are investing in. And yeah, it is really fascinating to uh, look at the healthcare process of opportunities of where to insert joy or spark joy along the way. People don't think about that, and if you think about it, you know the intersection of health is all about the premise of like this balance between like happiness and fear or joy and kind of like crowding out fear, right? And optimizing for, for joy. Um, so, so super, super, yeah. I was just saying, I think if you even take it away from the services component of healthcare, mm-hmm. but the process itself, right? Mm-hmm. Finding a doctor, can you, we have so many services like ZocDoc, just Google, all these things, but it still seems to be difficult for millennials in particular or maybe an older generation to find the right doctor for you to make the appointment to follow up um it's incredibly hard to get your information or to get a prior off for you know a service that you need all of these things take so much time and it we're already in a moment where you know we're strapped for time we're increasingly busy no one feels like they have enough hours in the day Mm -hmm. But somehow there's all these other consumer businesses that seem that you know aren't healthcare related that seem to be so efficient, right? Why has that not been able to be applied to healthcare? And I think right. at that cusp where businesses are starting to think about, okay, how do I, you know, bring those same consumer principles to healthcare businesses or companies? And yes, there are really difficult things to figure out around compliance and regulatory issues. And I think that is a good reason that. Um, it takes time to do those because your health is critical, right? And we don't mm-hmm. want to make a mistake. But I think there are ways to um, improve the experience, right? And I think there are a lot of examples of businesses, you know, One Medical being kind of the early example of putting the patient first and putting experience first, really mm-hmm. highly valued. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, Lori. Yeah, no, this is, this is really extremely fascinating. Um, I, I think... Uh, so, you know, along these lines, right, so you, you've invested, Canaan's uh, invested in uh, some interesting business all along lines from, from diabetes to imaging to genomics to food. Um, uh, the Roman, right, Rose, Roman just, I think, just changed to row, right, just, I think, yesterday or, or this week. But um, you guys are making some interesting bets and some, some interesting spots that probably the culmination of them could, could result to a very joyful experience in healthcare, right? A lot of these 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 bets these uh, these these companies are smoothing out the areas that they operate in and, and the combination you know I, I I used to play a lot with toys when I was young so I look at it as like almost like we're we could potentially start to form Voltron right with with some of these pieces but tell me a little bit about the future of, of healthcare the way that you see it right and 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 maybe love for you to talk about maybe some other topics or not topics but some spaces in healthcare that you know, you still want to place some more bets on to realize that future of healthcare. Um, so yeah, just love for you to, you know, pick a timeline where it's, you know, 10, 20, or maybe it's a thousand years from now. So tell us the future of health according, according to Laura. <laughs> well, I, I think the future of healthcare is going to be so large and bright. From my lens as a consumer and a consumer investor, I'm what I'm excited about within the future of healthcare. And I really do believe that there is space for true consumerization of healthcare and 
I know there's a lot of debate where a lot of businesses have started as consumer businesses within healthcare and then switched to B2B business models, or you know, there's a lot of debate about whether um, putting consumers in control of healthcare is the right thing to do. And from the seat that I'm sitting in, I really see there's this massive trend amongst individuals who want to understand what's going on. Right. So what I think that leads to is um, a desire to uh, pay more attention to health and understand kind of what different data points mean um, mm -hmm. and to uh, address those things, whether it's at home or more closely with your physician. So you're seeing these, um, you're seeing new services practices pop up, right? Like there are things like the Tia Clinic, which is a Canaan company. It's a women's health clinic, sort of a one medical model or mm -hmm. forward or partially help, which have a physical retail component like a traditional doctor's office, but they have all of these additional technology um, solutions and layers to help have a constant communication between patient and doctor. So you go in for your regular uh, um, visit. It might be a well visit. It might be um, a checkup or it could just be, you know, you have a chronic issue and you're now more um, regularly managing it than you might have before with a traditional PCP. Uh, but now you have this constant communication. You're not only going in in person, but you have um, telemedicine visits. You have, you know, your ongoing messages on the app. You have a nutritionist who's checking in on you. You have a mental health expert who's checking in on you. You have all of these experts kind of surrounding you where you have all of these data points feeding into one central hub. Right. And that hub is where you get to own all of your data and understand what's going on with you so that, you know, maybe there's something that's going on around obesity that you're addressing. But mental health is really playing a part in that. Or there's some other drug that you're using related to a different condition that maybe have, would have a different specialist. But now they can all speak together and look at you holistically as an individual. And I think that if we can really get to that kind of holistic um, center with the patient in the middle, that's the future that we want mm -hmm. to towards. Mm -hmm. no, that's a great future. I mean, a patient center future is, a, is, is an exciting one. Um, yeah, super, super exciting to see. So I know I appreciate that illustration, Laura, I guess, um, I have one more question for you before I ask it, I guess, what would be a good way for our listeners to engage with you online? So we'll link to your blog posts and, 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 you know, in show notes, but, um, any, any specific way that you prefer people to engage with you? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at L-A-U-R-A-C-H-A-U, Laura Cho, or on Medium. Uh, always happy to debate on um, any topics that I'm interested or the other people that I'm writing about or that other people are kind of thinking about. That's the way that I learn, and I think that's the way we all get better. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, no, I appreciate that, Laura. Um, I'm, so I'm always curious. So... Um, Health and well-being, you know, in the job that you do, you have to be very dynamic. You got to keep the the sword very sharp. What's one or two things in your own health, well-being, uh, rituals, morning routine, weekly routine? What's some one or two things that really work for you that you've been enthused to just keep doubling down on that really keep the the engine running? Um. So the habits that I've really been working on maintaining as of late. I try to wake up in the morning and I'll do a short kind of 10 to 15 minute meditation. I actually use one of our portfolio companies, which is called Journey Meditation. Mm -hmm. um, 
about to launch out of their beta soon. It's a group meditation app um, that's live. So community mm. aspect and um, you, you know, also get a little bit of you know, your morning meditation in. And then I take my vitamins and supplements. Um, courtesy of care of I'm like a, a walking <laughs> billboard right now um and then I usually try to work out three to four times a week um and oftentimes I try to do that with friends just as a way to uh, see other people and get in some of that you know, time with with close friends because I think that honestly helps feed my soul I love it I love it and um according to your bio I'm supposed to ask you about classical music and blackjack and oh. Marie, Marie Kondo I know we touched upon Marie Kondo but um, tell us a little bit about, about the others as well. Uh, so I was a very serious, dedicated classical musician um, growing mm-hmm. up clarinet. I very much wanted to go to a conservatory, and it, it felt like my life at that point. And um, mm. for better or for worse, probably wisely so, uh, put their foot down and said, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but that you know allowed me to go on the path to... Um, moved to Silicon Valley and kind of discover a love for startups and entrepreneurship and um, put me on the path that I'm on today. So while I, I still go to the symphony as much as I can and love listening to classical music, and not much of a practitioner anymore these days. No, no. Well, this is great. Well, I really appreciate it. It's a great, I think that's a great note to end on literally, but, <laughs> um, but uh, Laura, most importantly i think well first of all thank you for making time to be on our show second of all thank you for sharing your story thank you for sharing what you're investing in the time that you're you're investing in it and the bets you're making in these spaces that really help march us towards you know that that patient-centered future uh you know opportunities to spark and insert joy you know into what we're doing in healthcare and making it more consumerized and putting it in the hands of the of the people um, so super exciting to see. Glad you're leading it. Glad you're at the center of this. Um, so thank you so much. To our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Laura, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you.